Hello and welcome to Retrospection, a podcast about old films and TV shows. My name's Colin, and every duck has its limit, and you scum have pushed me over the line. Ooh, Richard Bird's in the house again. <laughs> the, what, the, 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 the gentleman's suit tailors? <laughs> That's the one, yeah. Burton's? <laughs> There's about four people that'll get that joke. Yeah, right. <laughs> I assume they don't exist anymore. I don't think so. Okay. Shall I do mine? Yeah, go on. I can't beat that one. I was, I was just going to say, and I'm Paul, and I have no license, and I'm not Jack. It's a good line. It is. Yes. In this episode, we're taking a look at Howard the Duck from 1986. You wait for a response. <laughs> no, no response. <laughs> Do you, want, do you want a comedy sigh? I can give you one if no, you like. No, I don't need it. <laughs> a film about a duck dragged from his homeworld to Earth where he must stop the invasion of the planet from the evil dark overlords. Mm-hmm. It stars Leah Thompson as Beverly Switzler, Jeffrey Jones as Dr. Walter Jennings, Tim Robbins as Phil Blumbert, and a whole handful of people actually play Howard, while Chip Zien provides the voice. And we also get a small role for Holly, Robinson Pete who's better known for the TV series 21 Jump Street. Oh, who who was that then? She was one of the members of the band. Oh, the band, yeah, I like that band. It was a good band. What are you looking at me like that for? Just waiting for a response afterwards. Didn't get it. Quite surprised at that bit. I'm I'm restraining myself. The films, though. (laughs) There's plenty to come. There's plenty to come, trust me. The film's directed by (laughs) Willard Hook. I guess his name is H-U-Y-C-K, I guess. You mean George Lucas? No, 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 no. He is also (laughs) one of the writers, not George Lucas, but Willard. And the other Mm -hmm. writer is Gloria Katz. Yeah. Film score is by John Barry, although some of it was replaced by material composed by Sylvester LeVay. And Thomas Dolby wrote the songs in the film and chose the members of the Cherry Bomb. And Leah Thompson sings her own vocals. Now, I forgotten it was John Barry didn't see mm-hmm. it in the credits and during certain scenes in the film my first thought is this music's really strange it's all over the place but then during the action mm-hmm. sequences I kept thinking it sounds so much like a Bond film yeah I thought we were, we were doing Moonraker again it, it is though my eyes, right? it? yeah it sounds like Moonraker it it's, sounds like the space stuff in Moonraker it's far grander than what you're actually seeing on the screen that, there's probably a reason for that you know don't you think that well I don't want to jump ahead but the music adds stuff to things that really need things added to it. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I didn't think you did. <laughs> the film is based on the Steve Jobs comic book creation and is executive produced by George Lucas. Yes, it was, and uh, apparently he was heavily in debt when he uh, when he produced this, wasn't he? Um, not, what before or afterwards? Uh, <laughs> well, he was heavily in debt at the time because he he just finished um, building Skywalker Ranch. Ah. And um, he needed this film to be a massive hit. Well, the film had a $37 million budget and made $38 million. So it made a million dollars. I don't think that was enough to pay his debts off. You don't think, you don't think that would have worked? <laughs> well, after this, apparently, he had to sell off the, the, the newly christened CGI division of Lucasfilm. And uh, he sold it to Steve Jobs. And funnily enough, little fact, that little cgi bit that he sold off became pixar oh see so another good thing came out of this film yeah i was just gonna say if we didn't have her the duck we wouldn't have pixar there you go there you go yeah interesting things the ultralight sequence required tim robbins and ed gale to actually fly the plane really yeah apparently it was a dangerous and complicated stunt to do well you say fly i mean they're not really that high up are they uh would you like to fly an ultralight Slightly above the ground, dressed in a duck suit, above cars and things. <laughs> yeah, depends how drunk I was. <laughs> Do you have anything else? Um, the suit, the duck suit, cost two million dollars to make. Can you explain that one to me? Because I can. Yeah, it must. Um, it's very good. Lots of animatronic work, lip syncing to the voices. Yeah. Two million. Yeah. For that? A million a wing. Uh, it was nominated for seven Razzies, of which it won four. Oh, so it won awards. Nice. It did win it awards, yes. <laughs> uh, this movie caused the head of Universal to quit his job. Did you read also about the fist fight, the supposed fist fight? No, I didn't hear about this. Between Tell the me. two executives who apparently after the screening went out and had a fist fight because 
they each blamed each other for commissioning it in the first place. They deny <laughs> that this ever happened, but that's the rumour. <laughs> I believe it. I'm sure you would. Did you read that on IMDb? No, it's on the Wikipedia page. Oh, it's definitely true that it's on Wikipedia. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and just the usual stuff about um, various casting choices. Paula Abdul, Kim Bassinger, Sir Jessica Parker were all um, considered for the part of Beverly. Hmm. And uh, John Cusack and Martin Short, were they actually auditioned for the voice of Howard and didn't get it. That's strange. You would have thought Martin Short would have got it because he's popular at the time. They probably auditioned for George Lucas. Oh, right. That's true. And, you know, and he, he's going to go his own way. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's, that's about it. So, uh... All right, let's hear the trailer. Across the sea of stars lies another world, a world almost exactly like ours. This is where he lives. He's 27 years old, single but searching. Favorite sports, windsurfing and Aikido. Favorite pastimes, cigars and sex. He has everything except fulfillment. And then one night, it happens. Hey, good buddy, are you home? He has a very sudden midlife crisis. He lands in Cleveland. Listen to me, small visitor. I can explain how you got here. Maybe you're here for some greater purpose, some cosmic cause. Here, he's forced to reassess his career goals. You went to med school? To explore new relationships. (laughs) To redefine his self-image. I'm sorry, we don't allow pets on the premises. To adjust to a changing lifestyle. Until he discovers just who he really is. A duck in big trouble. That's a duck, man. Howard the Duck, trapped in a world he never made. Coming from George Lucas, a Willard Hike film, a Gloria Katz production. Well, that tells us everything we need to know, doesn't it? I- I've got a question about the trailer. The trailer doesn't actually show Howard at all. Well, now I can't answer that because I haven't seen it. <laughs> I know, that's why I said it. I'm, I'm, I'm stating a fact. It doesn't okay. actually show Howard at all. Shows his feet. Well, his duck feet, and that's about it. If, well, they wanted to keep it a surprise, I guess. You think that's what it was? I don't know what it was. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I've, I've watched the thing, and I don't know what it is either. <laughs> Strange. So, the film opens. We get a smooth jazz number with a skyline view, and a George Lucas presents credit. Yeah, and then my, instantly I was worried. And we see two planets in the sky. Everything else looks normal in a Washington, D.C., New York-style apartment. And the door opens and a figure steps in. He drops his house keys next to some photographs. And they're all ducks. They are. Yeah. Yes. Places his umbrella on a hat stand alongside a poster of a film starring May Nest and W.C. Files. The film's called My Little Chickadee. <laughs> we go for a no, lot after of this. that. Oh, you did. See, yes. we get a lot of this, though. Oh, yes, we get a lot of it. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. yeah, we see him drop his letters, and they're addressed to Howard T. Duck. Another film poster, Breeders of the Lost Stork. No, I I got the stork bit. What's the breeders thing? Yeah, no idea. I guess because they're breeders, they keep breeding. So, so, so is every everybody's a breeder, aren't they? Technically, <laughs> what's that got to do with a duck? You've been called a breeder in your time. Oh wait, no, something close to that. <laughs> Continue. Okay. He's playing his answering machine, and it's his mom. Reality grabs a beer from the fridge. You see what the beer's called? No, go on. Birdweiser. Oh. <laughs> you see, by the time we get to the, the, the cover of the magazine, and it's Rolling Stone, but, oh, no, it's called Rolling Egg. Yeah, excellent. At this point, I was like, oh, you know, this was this was funny when it started, but I'm kind of done with it now. Can we, can we, can we stop the foul jokes now, please? No, the good jokes are not foul. He turns on the TV, and we see a pic at the back, a photo of Howard and the Heartbreakers. So he's in a band at some point. We finally mm-hmm. see Howard the Duck, and he's channel surfing. And then he picks up Play Duck magazine. <laughs> duck porn. Duck porn, yeah. <laughs> and an earthquake uh, begins. And, Howard and I was worried. I was worried when everything started shaking for a second. I thought, oh, no, I'm not going to see Howard just tossing one out of here. <laughs> 
I literally thought that's what he was doing for a second when everything started shaking. Really? Yeah. All I right. seriously did. For a split second, I that's thought... That's where you thought the film was going to go. I've never seen this movie, but I've heard stories about it. Yeah, stories are very overhyped. Hmm. So an earthquake begins, Howard can't get out of his chair, and then it flies through the apartment building and through the walls of other apartments, and we see a female oh. duck having a bath, and oh. a breast have nipples. They do. So here's a question for you, Paul. Okay, go on. Are you more likely or less likely to eat a chicken breast if it had nipples? Um... Well, I'd, I'd, I'd like to say it wouldn't bother me. Okay. You know, but um, I think it depends on the breasts, really. Okay. doesn't depend on the nipples. Not so much the nipples, I don't think. Okay. Would, you, would it put you off? I'm not asking me. It's you are asking. Anyway, so the I'd, chair flies through the sky. I'd eat a breast with nipples, wouldn't you? A chicken breast, though. It has to be a chicken <clears> breast. <throat> or, I mean specific, or a duck, I should say. Duck breast. Well, it's, you know... Don't see the problem. If you don't okay. like it, you can always cut it off. You could. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <so dis- that's laughs> All right, Mister. Would you like some Patrick further, be- further beans and a nice Chianti while you're at it? <laughs> so Howard appears to be being dragged into a dimensional vortex and he's flying through space. And then we get a voiceover. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. <laughs> Come on. I knew as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Oh no, he's going to ask." Let me settle in. Uh, Are you settled? This is going to be good. It might not be. I'm settled. Give it to me. Can I just read this instead? Yeah, right. Oh, okay. <laughs> the cosmos. Countless worlds upon worlds. Worlds without end. In these galaxies, every possible reality exists. And what is reality on any one world is mere fantasy on all others. Here, all is real and all is illusion. What is what was and what will be starts here with the words in the beginning there was Howard the Duck you went for a more uh, a more sort of Ian McKellen vibe on that one didn't you well uh, yeah oh yeah yeah that, very, very wizardy wanna... very Gandalfy. I thought <laughs> very wizardy <laughs> yeah. it was uh, yeah thanks so Howard <laughs> crashes to her through a billboard off a water tank and lands on a couch and then he's confronted by some punks. <laughs> some punks. Is that what they are? Punks. Punks. Is that yeah. what I said? Oh, I thought you yeah, said but... pugs. No, punks. Like little short dogs with snuffly noses. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be. You know what? If that happened, I wouldn't be surprised at this point. So they grab him and they take him to a nightclub. He's thrown out the back when he's mistaken for a child in a costume. And meanwhile, Leah Thompson as Beverly is in the club singing. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to say anything about that? Nope. Yeah, unless you do. Well, I mean, she's uh, she's singing, she and is. she's in a she's in a club. Mm-hmm. Just, other just than repeating, that, repeating everything I've just said. Exactly, and uh, other than that, really, she's she's kind of just there, isn't she? Oh yeah, because we're not introduced to her at this point. No, no. Back outside, no. a homeless person scares Howard away. Then he meets two people making out, and they're freaked out by him, and they try to hit him. Then some bikers knock him into a garbage can, and he just pulls the lid over himself and passes out. And I've got to say, at this point, this moves really fast, this opening, doesn't it? Yeah. It's really fast-paced. It's like, bam, 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 bam. I kind of stopped for a second, and I was like, what the hell am I watching? (laughs) This is like... Was it a bit too fast for you? It was too much. Yeah, was it It too much? It was too much. Oh, sorry, Grandad. (laughs) Oh, my back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah on, Go- on Golden Pond is on the other channel if you want to go watch that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the song is finished and the nightclub is closed and we cut to Beverly walking home alone and then she's hassled by two guys and she tries to fight them off and screams for help and Howard hearing this decides it's no more Mr. Nice Duck. Yeah, I wrote that one down as well. He jumps out of the can because he's a master of quack foo and he attacks one of the guys and then manages to defeat them and they run away. You know, there's nothing funnier, nothing says funny to me more than a guy in a duck costume beating up comedy rapists. Yeah, it seems like something you'd enjoy. You're cutting that out. (laughs) (laughs) Which bit? (laughs) 
All of it. <laughs> <laughs> Beverly thanks him for chasing the guys off, and Howard wants to know where he is. But she makes her excuses to leave. I mean, she's a bit weirded out because, you know, he's a talking dog. A training. She takes it rather well, though, I think. She's a really. woman of the world. Is she? Yeah. I mean, look I at think you're reading. I think you're reading things into this. I don't think so. Well, at, least, you at least I'm not giving them voices, internal monologues. I look deep into into the movie. It's raining, and Howard steps out into the rain, and Beverly sees him getting soaked, and she feels sorry for him, so she decides to take him to her place. This song that's played over the top of it, it's the most 80s thing I think I've ever heard in my life. Not only that, but I had your voice in my head going, they're singing exactly what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that down as well. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went, oh, ruined it. <laughs> I don't think I could ruin this movie for you, Colin. He says, uh, so when they get to the apartment, Howard says, nice place, sarcastically. And she says her manager found it. And then he points out that you need a new manager, but she says she's in a contract. Maybe she's so used to to taking weird animal-human hybrid things home. That's why she's not freaked out. You know, last week there was a human cow. week before that was a lobster. Lobster? Lobster. That would, <laughs> I'd like to see that, wouldn't you? <laughs> Imagine the bedroom scene later He's with the Larry lobster. The lobster. <laughs> Larry the lobster. There we go. Spin off. <coughs> yeah. Stanley will be suing you. Were you just being rude to me, or were you talking about it? You just tell me to spit off. <laughs> <laughs> I would never do that. Okay. So she nervously tries to make him feel at home. You know, she talks about pets, and he's getting annoyed because you know he's not a pet. She's as tactful as we would be, is what you're saying. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And then the ground shakes, and Howard panics, thinking it's all going to happen again, but it's just a truck going past. Mm-hmm. He's getting duck PTSD, isn't he? Yeah. I did get that right, didn't I? Post-traumatic stress disorder? Oh, it could be post- That's the one. post-stress-traumatic duck, and then you can just have PTSD. Hey. Keep it the same. You know, you know what? I'm surprised they didn't use that gag in this movie. Maybe. He used every other bloody really dot gag that you can think of. Howard reveals he was in school to be a plastic surgeon, but only because his parents made him. He dropped out to educate himself on the streets. He wrote songs at night and construction work during the day. Construction work? Like putting up buildings. You're aware yeah. of that. You've seen people do it. Men, you've seen real men doing that. <laughs> <laughs> what, like the guy in the village people? Yeah, those guys. That's the one. <laughs> I think that's a sailor. You're always no, no, confusing no. those. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was a construction worker, and, yeah, the, and there was a there was a there was a, a cowboy, and a policeman, and a policeman, and, and a Native a, American. Uh, I'm glad you said it. I was Native American. It's fine. No, you I'm glad that. you said Native American because okay. I, I was. <laughs> I, was going I would have said the wrong thing. I would have said the wrong thing. All right, but then. Howard, getting tired of people, telling him to grow up and get a job, decided to just, well, do what we all do and give up and join the rat race and became an advertising copywriter. But he still believes that he has some kind of special future. Oh, grow up, Howard. (laughs) How can you? (laughs) Beverly wonders if... All right, all right. (laughs) Beverly wonders if that's why he's here. I mean, but he, he just wants to get back. And as Beverly's talking to him, Howard just falls asleep. She gets a blanket and she covers him up. Howard's wallet falls on the floor and she goes through it. Looking at the pictures, looking at his mm-hmm. uh, pun-ridden bank cards, and takes out a condom. No, this condom's not even in a wrapper. What, is he reusing it? <laughs> Actually, whenever you see films and someone takes a condom out of a wallet, isn't they never in wrappers, are they? Exactly. Why is that? I mean... They must be reusing it. Everybody? Everybody's reusing it. (laughs) What, passing it around? Sounds like a lyric from a Thomas Dolby song. (laughs) Telling you everything you need to know. But yeah, that is a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. But if it it was in a wrapper, I guess they'd have to write condom across it. No, but is it... Was I mistaken or was it a normal human-sized condom? No, it was small. It was small? Yeah, it was small. Is that why I thought it was normal? (laughs) (laughs) 
look perfectly fine to me. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So the next day, Beverly takes Howard to Phil, who is a friend and he's a scientist. And she, she drags Howard in a garbage bag all the way to, I guess it's a natural history museum. Mm-hmm. Phil freaks out when he sees Howard, and he refers to it as man's oldest fantasy. <laughs> I, I, no, no. <laughs> I don't know about you, but it's not my oldest yeah, fantasy. It's not mine either. I think my oldest fantasy concerns Marina Sirtis. And mine is standing next to Howard the Duck, so... Well, your your oldest fantasy was to stand next to Howard the Duck. No, my oldest fantasy is Tim Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of Tim Robbins, it's an unusual performance that he's given in this film, isn't it? It's a full-on fantastic performance of comedic greatness. Is that what it is? It absolutely tour de force. Marvellous. Tour to de what? Tour de force. I thought, I thought you said farts. Sorry. No, no. That was just you desperate for attempt at a little bit of humour. <laughs> you're not wrong Phil tries to talk to Howard in duck language and he tries to see if Howard has superpowers like eye lasers and super strength and Howard is just getting more and more pissed off by the whole ordeal mm-hmm. so they decide to leave but Phil points out that any other scientist would have experimented on Howard and dissected him and then Phil gives a demonstration on how Howard evolved from the common duck do you think that they have that on um, Howard's world they have evolutionary deniers? Yeah, probably. Oh no 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 no! We didn't evolve from an egg. Oh, well, a duck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, they do look more like ducks than we look like apes. So it'd be hard to deny it. I don't know. I'm pretty hairy. Well, not not where it counts. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, okay. Whoa, Saul's so so living a delusional life. <laughs> no, it's, it's the wrong way around. Okay. <laughs> it's so, going downwards and not upwards. Yeah, yes. Oh. Funnily enough, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> she, just, she just grow it really long and then comb it upwards. Well, oh, I could do that. I could stretch it all the way up my back and then comb yeah. it right yeah, yeah. forward over my go, head. Go for your T-shirt. No, one no, no. Can you imagine if there was a gust of wind, though? It's just flapping around behind me <laughs> like Sounds a tail. Sounds kind of fun. You know what? It's not a bad idea. No, you should do it. I think I will. Okay. So Phil is then yelled at by his boss in the museum to go clear up another area. It turns out Phil is actually a lowly lab assistant, not the big scientist he's pretending to be. And Howard, at this point, leaves the museum in disgust. He's annoyed because, you know, he's shipwrecked on an alien planet. He's just been insulted and messed around. And now he's annoyed with Beverly and her sympathy and her charity. And he tells her to leave. And they have a big argument. And fine, she says, <laughs> so long, ducky. And she walks off. Mm-hmm. I would decide... He, he scares some children as well, doesn't he? He does scare some children, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because yeah, mm-hmm. he's, he's... I mean, in the comics, he's really uh, nasty and uh, foul-mouthed. Yeah, he's, he's, he's... We should say that the comics, he's, he's they're quite adult. Yeah, and they're, they're more satirical mm-hmm. than the yeah. film is. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So Howard decides he can't sit around hoping that something will happen. He has to help his own situation, and he needs a job. So he visits a job centre, and it's like giving a woman who thinks he's just a slacker and that she can find a job for anybody, no matter how much of a freak they are. Yeah, and she says, you're going to take to this job like a duck to water. And it turns out to be the weirdest hot tub place I've ever seen, because there are just people having sex everywhere. <laughs> well, and is it a hot tub place or is it a brothel? I, I, you could choose, I think. I'm not quite sure. But if it's a brothel, how come the job centre has... Like, <laughs> a link to it and offers jobs to work there. Is, is it legal there? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, quick answer. Well done. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what this place is. And it, he's handing out towels and lotions and... He gets, he gets even stranger in a minute because we... we, we well. Tell me what happens to, to the owner. So the boss tells him to go fix the water jets in one of the tubs, picks Howard up and chucks him into a tub of water while there are two people in there making out. Then later, he sees the manager pulling a bra out of a mud bath and Howard decides that he's going to quit and he kicks the manager into the mud. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's a mud bath. I, I, I was confused. I just wrote, is that a pool of shit? Yeah, that, that's... <laughs> That's how they go to the bathroom. 
Well, I just thought this is a very niche brothel, this, isn't it? <laughs> you know, you're <laughs> down the address. <laughs> it's a long way to go. <laughs> yeah, but you think it would be worth it. I'd have, to, I'd have to go back in time as well to, what, 1986? That's true, you would, yeah. Mm-hmm. That could be the tricky part. That could be the tricky part, yeah. I don't I don't think my uh, Vauxhall Nova can get to 88 miles per hour. <laughs> no. So no. now he's heading home, he's ridiculed by everybody on the bus, in the street, and he stops at a TV star and he sees that it's duck hunting season and there's cooking shows about ducks and everybody just wants to kill and eat ducks and he runs and panics and ends up back in the alley he originally crashed into. Then, like sweet angels singing upon the wind... <laughs> Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> he hears Beverly singing and heads over to the club. You know, if you if you cut in some angel sounds over the top of you saying that, <laughs> I'm not coming back next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, let me just write down the, the uh, time. <laughs> so I've, I've got a question. I've got a question. Oh, just a while. Yeah. So we've just seen a bit on the bus. Yes. And we've seen the stuff with him working. Yes. Now, people seem to be either freaked out by him or just take it in the stride, like they've seen this kind of thing every day. So which is it? It's both. That's life, Paul. I, I would say that people don't act like that with no. me every day. but well, They that's... all freak out. <laughs> Not all of them. <laughs> well, there you go. You just, you just proved the point. Not all of them freak out. Some of them accept you, some people freak out, and that's you. So you just did exactly what the film's doing. But I'm not a four-foot-tall duck. No, you're four-foot-one and duckish. <laughs> like in New York City, if you see some, like, I... I and oh, I've pulled my earpiece out. Hold on. Calm down, you get excited. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was walking to work... Uh, in Manhattan and uh, so I, I point that out because it's the major busy really busy and there was a woman old walking down the street completely topless okay her dress was pulled down to her waist okay and this was 8.30 in the morning now some people very few reacted others no reaction whatsoever that's New York I guarantee you, though, if she did the exact same thing in Reading Town Centre at, what do you say, 8.30? Yeah, in the morning, though. Yeah. That people would react. Hmm. But that's Reading. This, this film is setting um, not Reading. But what, what I'm saying is, don't you think that New York is particularly, you know, a special kind of place where people don't tend to look at people in that way? Yeah, but, but I'm saying also this city, this film is setting is the same way. So some people accept Howard because, of, just, you know, they don't care. And some people but, freak out about him. But, but we're not talking about a topless woman. We're talking about a four-foot-tall duck. Yeah, it's a totally different situation. You're completely correct. It is a totally different situation, is what I'm saying. <laughs> so you think, you, you're, you're, you think it's weird that some people accept him. But maybe they just, just think it's a kid in a costume, which does happen in the film. Yes, that does happen in the film. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, all right. I mean, how many, if you saw it, how many people would you go like, oh, that's a duck that's talking? Or would you instantly think, oh, that's a great costume? I mean, it does kind of look like a costume. Yes, it does. So, <laughs> so he's got that going for it. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. So you're right, I'm wrong. Carry <laughs> on. <laughs> you taught me around. There you go. There you go. Right. So now Howard's in the club, and uh, I believe he makes eye contact with Beverly because she's singing a sad song, and then she decides to change it to a rockier number. So mm-hmm. he wanders off, and he starts to eavesdrop on Beverly's manager, and he's describing how he's not giving the band money until she puts out. So Howard gets annoyed by this and demands the band's money, and mm-hmm. then there's a guy called Richie, and uh, he says different lifestyles is one thing, different life forms is another. Yeah, I wrote that line down as well. <laughs> but Howard insists on the getting it's money. A good line. Yeah, and good then line. a fight breaks out. They pick him up, slide him down the bar, and Howard's angry. He starts off with his quack foo. Mm-hmm. And then he knocks another yeah. out of a bottle. And he manages to get Ginger, the manager, onto the bar and uses a corkscrew to pierce his earring. Mm-hmm. Howard demands that Ginger lets the band out of the contract, or he will give him space rabies. <laughs> We've all had that. <laughs> Not all of us. Haven't we? (laughs) 
Ginger agrees. Howard goes backstage and then he meets the band. He and Beverly apologize to each other. And then Phil bursts in. He does. Yeah. He does. And I have to say, I'd take the doc over Tim Robbins any day. Okay. Just pointing that out. All right. He thinks he knows why Howard is there, but his theories are nonsense. But then he says tonight he's going to get hard, concrete evidence about Howard's arrival. Howard reveals he has the band's money and got them out of the contract. Mm-hmm. Phil plucks a feather from Howard, much to Howard's annoyance, and says if it matches the one his colleague has, then he will have all the answers. How did he get that feather off him? He plucked it. He had tweezers. He was fighting, but, and then he grabbed him and plucked it. Okay, all right. Maybe I missed that. I ju- it just seems very com- you know, compact. Oh, you mean Howard seems compact? Yeah, that suit. Sorry, Howard. Yes. <clears throat> oh, suit? What the hell are you talking it, about, weirdo? It doesn't look like feathers. It looks like, you know, it looks like some kind of cloth. Is all right. I'm saying. Okay. You know. Well, you're just wrong. Okay. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Oh, he's getting annoyed now. (laughs) (laughs) So Beverly suggests that Howard becomes the new manager, but he doesn't want to be. So then we go back to uh, Beverly's place and they go to bed. So Beverly starts saying her life is coming together fine, but all she needs now is the right man. And then Howard starts, you know, getting all like bragging and saying, hey, maybe you need a duck, not a man. And he starts to come on to her. But then she calls his bluff and he panics, Mm -hmm. claims he has a headache, that he's just joking and... And she reveals that she's joking and gives him a good night peck on the beak. Now, now, while this was, when this started and then continued, I kind of sat back and I was looking at it. I was going, what? 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 <laughs> I thought, we're getting into bestiality now, basically. No, it's we? obvious that it's just that he's. It wasn't just... obvious to me. I've never seen this film before. It was obvious when I watched it when I was nine. I was. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, Brainiac. <laughs> <laughs> but then you are easily confused by Carry On films, so... There is that, yeah. Although Bernard Breslau wasn't in this, so I was all right. Yeah, okay. um, <laughs> I, I would have liked to if he turned up, though. That would have made my day. As a, but as no, I was, I, was waiting, I was waiting for it to mount this duck. On the wall? <laughs> Just the head. Yeah, it's like a trophy. <laughs> it was very strange. So strange, it's just a bit of fun. It's two friends having a bit of fun. Can I ask, though, what age group is this film aimed at? That is one of the problems the film has. We'll talk about that. Okay. Definitely. Okay. If I saw a docu-rection, I was going to turn it off. Really? Yeah. What's funny about that? It's just of all the moral lines you draw, that's a very odd one to come up with. That is where I draw the line. With all the other things you like slide through that moral line... This one is the one that makes you take a stand in life. I'm not standing for a duck erection. I'm You're sorry. you sit down for one? <laughs> I'm not being funny, but that, do, do, how do ducks even do it? Do, I mean, do, do they, they have do a, that? Yeah, they have a corkscrew penis, though, don't they? And then the other one was it have that weird shaped penis that's corkscrew. Oh, that would have been uh, that would have been interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, now, now you're intrigued. Yeah, would, given the term, giving her a good screw, a whole new meaning, wouldn't they, really? It would, yeah. <laughs> I don't like the look in your eye. <laughs> <laughs> what a bit concerned here, Colin. I'm just amused that one minute you had this moral line about duck erections, but now you're quickly rubbing it off. Now it's interesting. <laughs> I'm doing what? <laughs> you heard. <laughs> But unknown to Beverly and Howard, Phil has brought his colleagues into her apartment because apparently the door was open. It's Dr. Mm-hmm. Jennings and Carter, and they've matched the feathers. Dr. Jennings reveals how Howard got to Earth. On the night of Howard's arrival, Jennings and others were testing a laser spectroscope and lost control of it. An unknown force moved the target of the laser to Howard's home world and dragged him to Earth. A single feather fell in the lab. And they didn't know that the rest of him had landed elsewhere. Howard says, okay, that's fine, but where's my pants? <laughs> Jeffrey Jones uh, has a line where he looks at Howard and he says, oh, it defies the laws of nature. Well, he would know, wouldn't he? Yeah. 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 That's, what, that's, what, that's all I'm saying. I'm not going to mention it ever again. But... Okay. <laughs> Howard wants to go to the lab and hop back on the machine and go home. Mm-hmm. They don't know if he can reverse the procedure. All Phil wants to do is appear on magazine covers. But Jennings, 
unusual for this type of film is a good scientist. And he he tells, is. Yes, he's not the bad guy at this point at all. No. Took me by surprise, that. Oh. Janice tells Carter, set up the lab. They're going to try and get Howard home. Mm-hmm. Phil drives Howard and Beverly to the lab. Meanwhile, Howard wonders why he fell into bed. <sighs> See, I have this note, and it's a okay. perfectly clean and acceptable note, but then I know the person I'm speaking to. <laughs> Give it to me. Come on. <laughs> All right, let me do the full sentence before the reaction <clears throat> hits you and you respond. Okay, I'll settle in. Okay. Howard wonders why he fell into Beverly's alley because she's the one making it hard to leave. I don't, I don't see anything there. That's, that's wrong. When they get to the lab, they find no guard at the gate post. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Inside mm-hmm. the lab, alarms are going off and a man with a burnt and bloody face comes out screaming, the machine has exploded again. We have no <laughs> right to tamper with the universe, he exclaims. Inside... Yeah, this, this, this guy's earning his pay in this scene, isn't he? Yes. Inside, he's, uh, he, he's, he's again on full force. He's on full force. Yeah. Inside, <laughs> people are running around, explosions are going off, and it's this point I pointed that felt like the music is just like a James Bond film. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I, I also um, did think to myself at this point that explosive accidents in Marvel stories are never a good thing. That's true, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jennings apparently caught the full force of the blast and has vanished. Howard still just wants to go home. Carter points out that the first time they brought Howard down, what if they brought something else this time? And afterwards, the police are now all over the place and a detective is brought in. They grab Mm -hmm. Howard, thinking it's a child in a suit or a small guy, and they try to undress him, but they can't find a zipper. He yells at them. <laughs> this all feels wrong. I'm sorry. Does it? I mean, they're either doing one of two things. They're, they're, they're trying to strip a small boy or they're molesting a duck. Either way, it's not good, is it? It's probably worse if you got it around the other way. <laughs> well, Jeffrey's not in this scene. <laughs> well, you've got a good lawyer. He's in jail, isn't he? Or has he just got out? What are you feel? You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'll leave it in just to see, won't you? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> he yells at them to let them go. The detective tells one of the cops to take Howard away, but with Beverly's help, he escapes. Now the police are looking for him throughout the lab with orders to shoot to kill. Doesn't the detective tell Howard to go play sitting duck in a jail cell? He does, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Cause, and then they said, like, it's a manhunt, and the other guy goes, well, technically it's a duck hunt. <laughs> and someone says, book him ducko. Yes. Yeah. They make their way around the machinery and they run into Dr. Jennings. Jennings doesn't look too well. He doesn't. He doesn't, does he? He looks like he's had an all-nighter. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. What? Nothing. They hide from the cops. <laughs> Jennings reveals that his experiments were unauthorized. Jennings just keeps groaning. They grab his car and they escape. But Jennings reveals he saw something in the explosion. But Beverly and Howard just think he's in shock. Mm-hmm. Jennings says it feels like something is inside him, gnawing at his guts. What did you have for lunch? That's Beverly. <laughs> he's driving, he's erratic. He says he's transforming inside, replicating and superseding all of his organs. The car is uncontrollable, bouncing over hills, but they managed to slight a halt at a diner. Now, this is a, an American theme, uh, sorry, a sushi themed American diner, isn't it? It's an interesting combination. Yes. You, did you notice all the t shirts that were on show in, from the patrons? Oh, I didn't. What are they? Uh, one guy's got um, a, a Return of the Jedi t-shirt on. Nice. There's an Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom t-shirt. Hmm, I'm noticing a theme. I think there is a theme. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> All better movies as well. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, Return of the Jedi. So, Jennings... Ooh, <laughs> controversial. <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference between an Ewok and Howard the Duck? The Ewoks aren't in the whole movie. Ah, Okay. All right. Okay. Look at you, smoke, because you got up and came back with that one. Yeah, I know. That was quick, wasn't it? I didn't even write that down. (laughs) Jennings tells the waitress that she's about to witness the end of the world. Howard asks Jennings Mm -hmm. if the machine still works. Jennings says he's no longer the doctor, but it's the overlord of darkness. Tonight, the machine will open a gateway to the demons of another universe. That one demon has now entered Jennings' body. Then Howard freaks out because the waitress brings him fried eggs. He says, I'm not a cannibal. Mm Mm-hmm. Jennings fires lasers from his eyes. 
He takes out the cold uh, key. Eye beams. No, no, I was, I was in a good place now. We right. had some eye beams yeah. in a Marvel movie. Okay, so you're happy now. I knew where I was now. He takes out the cold key that will start the machine and bring down the other overlords. Howard grabs the key card. Some locals harass them and snatch the key card from Howard, and then a big fight breaks out. And this is where John Barry's music, I think, helps to to give the action a little bit more impetus behind it because it's, it's, it's kind of dull. I like this cafe scene. Do you? Yeah, I like the fun. I like the locals. I like the lines that Beverly has. Oh no, I like I like the dialogue. Oh. I, th- I thought the dialogue was quite witty, but the action itself was a bit dull. Oh. I felt okay until yeah. until we get to the full blown super powered bit in a minute. Oh, super powered bit. Then it right. picked up. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Super powered <laughs> bit. I forgot. Absolutely, it's a Marvel movie. Remember? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Howard is outnumbered, but Jennings just watches. Then Beverly yells, "He's my boyfriend!" Which halts everything for a second. <laughs> That's yeah, dis- someone actually says that's disgusting. Don't <laughs> yes, they? they do, and they they start to season Howard. Mm-hmm. And then they say, "So what? They're going to cook him with the with his clothes on?" I guess. I mean, you know, they haven't thought this through. Is it like a boil in the bag kind of deal? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Beverly says, "Don't they? So you'll make my friend angry." And they just laugh. And then Beverly winds Jennings up by saying, "They're making fun of you. They have the cokey." This, of course, makes him angry, and he starts to fire more lasers from his eyes and starts to destroy the place. It all gets very Ghostbuster-y, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, it does. It's that kind of laser effect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beverly grabs the code key, and Jennings blows everything up in the diner. After everybody's run away, Beverly and Howard try to escape, but Jennings is powerful now. The doors lock. He levitates mm-hmm. Howard until he drops the code key. He then grabs it. He drops Howard, knocking him out, and then grabs Beverly and drags her away. As Howard wakes up, Jennings is stealing a truck and driving away with her. Jennings says he needs Beverly's body because the Elvalors need a new host to grow inside. Mm-hmm. Jennings says he needs more energy and a giant tongue comes out which he inserts in the cigarette lighter. <laughs> well, he's got a penis tongue, hasn't he? He's got a penis tongue, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, that would be fun, wouldn't it? Who far? <laughs> For me? Mm. If you have one or somebody else had one for you. No, I, well, I, I what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're giving this impression of me, and it's really not true. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, at this point, I just want to say, what's the point of Tim Robbins in this movie? Um, I don't get it. You're struggling, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think what he actually achieves in the film. He shows him where the laser is at the end of the film. Yeah, I guess that's it, right? That is about it. Because, I mean, he, he doesn't even help him break into the place, as we'll get to soon. But, I mean, he just kind of breaks in himself, so... Yeah. He's kind of... I suppose he's there for comic relief. I guess so. But in a movie where, where your main character is, is comic relief, yeah. Do, you, yeah, do you really need Tim Robbins? That's a good point. Can't argue with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so now the police turn up at the diner and Phil is still in the cop car mm-hmm. and he hears somebody calling him and realises it's Howard who creeps over to the car he tells Phil that Jennings is Beverly and is now a monster that's Jennings, not Beverly <laughs> and they uh, Howard helps Phil escape from the cop car and then they sneak next door and they find a broken powered microlite and that was Phil, lucky wasn't it? yeah, everyone mm. has one don't you have one in your back garden? I've got four. Oh, okay. That's a bit greedy. Yeah. What do you have four? Are they all broken? Well, you never know when you need a fast getaway, you know, so... Right, but are they all broken? <laughs> yeah, like most things okay. that, I, that I own. He's like, yes, <laughs> like my life. <laughs> like my... The broken, the broken like, like, my, uh, like my heart. All right. <laughs> I just wanted to see what you'd do. <laughs> Drink beer compulsively. <laughs> Funnily enough, that's my solution as well. Okay. <laughs> but Phil I don't have a broken heart. My, my wife listens to this. I, I don't. Right. Just she does. <laughs> <laughs> She'll write in again. <laughs> <laughs> but Phil can fix the Miracleite. Next morning, Jennings with Beverly is heading to a power station. They crash through the gate. He needs power. Okay. The police see Phil and Howard trying to start the microlate, 
Microlite. <laughs> Microlite. Hey, you got all northern. Then Microlite. Aye. <laughs> hey, up, lad. One minute they're up, next minute they're down. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the police see Phil and Howard try to start the Microlite. They give chase. Mm-hmm. They take off. And it's an awesome Microlite flight. Goes on a bit, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it does a bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good, though. Meanwhile, there's a tour of the power station. Jennings is on the tour while Beverly's tied up in the truck. Jennings smashes a glass wall in the fence and enters the power generator. Sirens go off, and as Beverly finally gets untied, Jennings, now glowing like the Ready Brett kid, for those from the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine there's lots of us. <laughs> Says, I feel good. Howard and Phil are still making their escape in the Microlite. He knocks over some duck hunters. Some what? Duck hunters. I thought you said duck hunters. Duck hunters? Yeah, looking for doctors. Duck hunters? Yeah. It's right, I just misheard you. That's all right. Probably Be- did before, so. before they untie Leah Thompson, yeah. did we really need that shot where she's tied up on, the th- on, on whatever it is she's tied up on and the camera pans up her body? Yes. <laughs> all right then answers that question doesn't it <laughs> you just said that to lead me up the garden path i wonder what you were going to say then <laughs> at a police stop they stopped jennings right. truck all right okay. <laughs> no please stop <laughs> <laughs> Uh, police stop they uh stop Jennings' truck and I can't remember oh emissions testing, that's why they stop him. Right. And he has okay. to see his license and he says Well the policeman says, Let me see your license, Jack. Mm-hmm. Are you not gonna do the line? You did it at the beginning of the podcast, so I thought you'd just finish it off and do oh, the line oh, again. Oh, okay, oh, all right. oh look, he's okay. burst into life. <laughs> <laughs> he's woken up. Do you wanna do it again? So Jennings and Beverly, they run into a police stop and the police are testing emissions and the police officer goes up to Jennings in the truck and says, I need to see your license, Jack. And he says, I have no license. I am not Jack. And then zaps him. Although it's more, I have no license. I am not Jack. That was pretty good. It was pretty good, wasn't it, for me? Yeah, you found your calling. I can do Jeffrey Jones. Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, yeah, lots, lots of parties for that. Impression. <laughs> <laughs> I keep sneaking him in. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> it's not funny, stop Go- it. If you, don't get, if you don't know what we're talking about, Google it. We're not explaining it. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Jennings blows up all the cars in the police line. Meanwhile, the microlite takes a hit. Uh, it's still great stunt work. Phil fixes it, but they crash mm-hmm. into the lake outside of the lab. They make their way in and find Beverly tied up under the spectroscope. Jennings is going to turn the machine on, bring the alien overlords down, and they will enter her body. Phil has a plan. <laughs> I bet they will. <laughs> he knows that in a defense research secure storage, there is a neutron disintegrator. It was designed as a weapon, but never tested. Meanwhile, Jennings inserts the authorized code key and targets a laser. Howard and Phil break into a secure area and grab the neutron disintegrator. Mm-hmm. The disintegrator is strangely mounted on a four-wheeled vehicle. Do you think that, that was done so that the little guy, if I can say little guy, in the suit didn't have to carry it? Because, I mean, it's, it's a big laser, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You're right. And he, he'd probably have trouble. You're saying you wouldn't be plucky enough to carry it? Did they do that joke in the film? (laughs) They must do. They must do, right? I kind of found one that they've missed. They do every single other joke that they can possibly think of. It's got to be in there somewhere. So they move it into the lab, but Curious Howard accidentally presses a button on the disintegrator and it drives off into the lab at high speed. Jennings Mm -hmm. sees the vehicle. Beverly sees Howard and says to Jennings, you're in trouble now. And this made me laugh when Jones goes, ah, shut up. <laughs> yeah, that did make me laugh as well. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, did, and, and then she shouts, um, on, no, I, she shouts, run Howard, doesn't she? Yeah. 
But I misheard it, and I swear to God she shouted. Ron Howard, he's in a bad mood. No, she does. She does shout that. Ron Howard? She says, Ron Howard, look out, he's in a bad mood. Yeah, I thought she said Ron Howard. Oh, Ron Howard. Yeah. Okay. Ron, Ron, Ron Howard, he's in a bad mood. <laughs> Maybe he is. Who knows? Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't happy days after all. Oh, well, it wouldn't be if he saw this movie. How do you know? You might like it. Mel Mel Brooks loves it. Does he? Yeah. Have you seen Have you seen later Mel Brooks movies? Ah, well, this was mid eighties, so it was Spaceballs, Mel Brooks movies. Ah. Yeah, yeah. We're on the slide though. After that, though, aren't we? Oh, you just got it in for this film. You're awful. I, I know. I haven't done my summary at the end yet. <laughs> I think we you know, know what this, I'm going to say. We know where this is going. <laughs> Fisticuffs. But that, but that, but that look at he's in a bad mood. That's a funny line too. I like that line. It is a funny line. Because yeah. he is. It's not, a, it's not as funny as him saying, "Yeah, shut up." <laughs> <laughs> Howard sits in the vehicle and gets ready to move it, but Jennings fires his power at him. Luckily, Phil grabs a satellite dish and reflects the power, protecting Howard. So there you go. That's what Phil's for. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you cleared it up. Yeah, Howard powers up the device and drives within range of Jennings. But Jennings breathes a ferocious wind against him, and the vehicle struggles. It's knocked out of control, but Howard manages to face Jennings. It's a Mexican standoff: Duck versus Dark Overlord. Jennings spits radioactive spit. Yeah, it's a horrible spit as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Prepare mm-hmm. to eat beak. Oh. Howard, Howard. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that one doesn't even make sense. It's not even a pun of anything. Prepare to eat beak. What is it a pun of? It's not a pun. Prepare it's not a pun, and it's not funny, and it doesn't make sense. Prepare to eat fist. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what you've been watching, but I don't know that one. <laughs> it's a very well-known Bruce Lee film. Is it really? Prepare to eat fist? Yeah, it's one of his later ones. <laughs> Prepare to eat fist. <laughs> You've been looking at those German channels late at night again, haven't you? What, what is this, the 80s? <laughs> <laughs> Did you get that? Yes. yes. I remember RTL, do you? <laughs> no. I don't no, remember it, no, I don't remember it at all. Don't know what you're talking about, weirdo. Mm-hmm. Howard powers a vehicle towards him, lasers fire, the sparks and explosions. Phil runs over, but there's no response from Howard. Eventually, he gets up. Howard did it. He saved the day. Beverly asks them to get her free. They find Jennings, and he's now recovered, and he says the Dark Overlord has escaped his body and he's still here. And in the background, Beverly's still yelling, like, let me free. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. Which I kind of like, that they've <laughs> forgotten about her at this point. <laughs> As Phil and Beverly start to argue, a huge monster appears. Bev screams, <laughs> Phil faints. A huge monster? Yeah. Is that what you're describing it as? And these are ILM effects, by the way. It, it's it's not good, is it? No, no, it's terrible. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's it's really bad stop motion, and it isn't even graded right, is it? No, it doesn't match the colouring of the surroundings. No, no, it's no. dreadful. And, and as a design as well, it, it just looks awful, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's no escape, screams the monster, and advances. No, not as good as mine. No, no, totally not. I agree. You're much better. Mm-hmm. Beverly wakes up Phil as Howard tries to get to the disintegrator, but the monster grabs his legs with a tentacle and pulls him back. The monster reactivates the monster reactivates the laser spectroscope. Just four minutes until more dark overlords are brought to Earth. The monster fires a force field around Phil and Beverly, but Jennings throws a cutter to Howard. Howard uses it to slice the tentacle off and free himself. He climbs into the disintegrator, powers it up and drives towards the monster, running over its foot, which is kind of amusing. (laughs) Howard fires the weapon, hitting the monster, blowing it to pieces. The force field is released around Phil and Beverly, but the Dark Overlords are still coming. Phil tells Howard... What? It's only really sinister when you said that, then. It is. Yeah. All right. They're still coming. Yeah. You say it lightly. The Dark Overlords are still coming. How can you say it lightly? The Dark Overlords. It is sinister. It's not that sinister. (laughs) Oh, oh, they're not coming to have a picnic. No, rather they weren't coming at all. Oh, you're using the word coming in a... Innuendo kind of way. Oh yeah, oh. Like you didn't. Yeah. So sad. 
sorry. Are you the same person that I've done the last 29 podcasts with? <laughs> Apparently not, because you appear to have done one more than me. <laughs> I'll carry the special. I'll carry okay. the special. Okay. No, never carry yeah. the special. Some people like it. <laughs> Phil tells Howard that the only way to... Except we don't appear to know who uh, She-Ra is. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of us. There's always somebody bloody moaning, isn't there? There is. Yeah. It's always your wife. Phil tells <laughs> Howard... <laughs> yeah. Phil tells <laughs> Howard that the only way to save Earth is to destroy the machine, but Beverly tells him... If you do that, you'll never get home. Howard says bye-bye, Duck World, and sacrifices his one chance to get home to save Earth. He blows up the machine, sending the Dark Overlords reeling back to whence they came. There's an explosion. Thank you. There's an explosion, and Howard is buried under machinery. They uncover his body. Beverly's upset. She thinks he's dead. Howard awakes and says, I'm not... You could do it. Go on. Howard awakes and says... Uh, he says um, great forget it what does he say just forget it forget it I didn't write that down what does he say he says I'm not Howard anymore I think I think at this point I was I was just wanting it to end the others panic (laughs) but Howard is just kidding fooled you didn't I and then we finish with a concert that Beverly dedicates to her new manager Howard get the planet on the phone tell Mm -hmm. them he ain't coming home now, when he's on the stage and he's wearing his little suit jacket and he's playing that red guitar, all I kept thinking was, he looks like Marty McFly. Oh, really? He's about the same size as well, really. And that's the end of Howard the Duck? <laughs> yes, finally. So let's hear your opinion about that film. Oh, am I going first, am I? Yeah. Right, yes. are you ready? Are you ready for this? Not really, but go on. Okay, well. La 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 la. <laughs> You're going to do that, are you? Yeah, right. Right. Go on. Okay, I know I poke fun at the duck suit, but it's kind of nice in a weirdly odd sort of way. Oh, you know, you're going for the scraping the barrel to try and find nice things to say about the film before you give the boot in. I haven't finished. Okay. Give me a chance. All right. J- Jeffrey Jones, he's good in it. He, he he gives a nice performance. I like the John Barry music because that's you know he's always it's John Barry he's always mm-hmm. good. Yeah. However. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how Howard ever. Howard ever. Yeah. The tone's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, and that odd bestiality joke scene. It's not bestiality. As well. There is no bestiality. It's just two people. Don't get hung up it's, on the fact that he's a duck. It's implied. So, so okay, go on, carry on. But it, just it's just an odd tone, and um, I think it's okay if you're going to do cartoony. That's fine, and mm-hmm. and but it's got that isn't all this wacky in a funny kind of way attitude. And if you're going to do that, if you're going to go for that, then I still think you need to give the audience some real stakes. But this film doesn't have any. There's nothing here that's, it's that's about, like that. It's about ducks, not cows. No, I knew you no, were going <laughs> to. No I wanted to find a different word, but because <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. Well, it's just a bunch of kooky characters moving from one kooky set piece to another, and that's okay. But you still need to have some kind of of overall power to it all, and and it it, it doesn't have it at all. And enough with the duck puns. I mean, seriously, it's just <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. On and on and on. I mean, it was funny at first, but after the fiftieth time, I just. Oh, no and uh, another thing as well I don't know what you think of this but for a big movie and it was meant to be a big movie this wasn't it I think so it yeah felt really small scale and quite televisual I thought hmm. I don't think it was very it wasn't direct directed with any kind of inspiration it, it, it felt very flat at times I thought and I got bored a lot if you hmm. want me to be honest Okay. No, I want you to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to laugh? <laughs> it's fucking great. <laughs> Beautiful. So it's a hit. Let's move on. Uh, no, so I couldn't. I mean, I've got to give them the due for what they tried to do. Mm-hmm. To, I mean, even even to attempt to do Howard the Duck, I mean, you've got some balls, basically. 
duck balls. Um, <laughs> but um, no, it, it it doesn't work. I don't think it doesn't work. It's got some it's got some funny lines, and it's got some as I say, it, the the costumes interesting. But other than that, it doesn't work for me. So it's a no, I'm afraid. All right. Go on. I love this film. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will tell you the points I agree with you. It is too long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they could cut the microlight sequence. They can cut some of the beginning where he keeps meeting people and then he's punched because you don't need all those. And yeah, also, there's no, there's no need for this film to be nearly two hours long. No, and the, the alien at the end you don't need. You could have ended with him beating Jennings, and that would have mm-hmm. been enough. That's fine. The, the extra bit on that, don't need that either. So mm-hmm. you could have brought this in at 90 minutes, and it would have been fine. The tone is all over the place because it doesn't know whether it wants to appeal to adults or whether it's a kid's film. I think mm-hmm. it's an adult's film that's been mismarketed as a kid's film, really. But mm-hmm. I don't think that the tone is consistent. And that's also strangely... Through the music, too, which isn't consistent, because of Sylvester LeVay's, like, bouncy jazz numbers, and then you've mm-hmm. got John Barry's Bondian themes that are very different. And and then you've got the very 80s pop songs as well. Yeah, the Dolby very stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very strange. But I just, I kind of just love it. I don't know why I do. Partly maybe it's nostalgia. I've always been a big Leah Thompson fan growing up, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And... I don't see what difference is between a duck and, say, a raccoon, you know, in a film. You know, And you know what else I like about this? No CGI over the topness. No worlds being destroyed. No buildings. No cities in peril. It's small. It's contained. It's a duck who wants to go home. But that was only because they couldn't do that. It doesn't matter. That, I'm not, I don't care why they did something or didn't do something. That's of no interest to me. It makes no difference to what I get from a film. I don't sit there going, well, they didn't have this actor in because they couldn't have... Who cares? I got what I wanted from it, so that's fine. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Duck puns, too many, but, you know, I... Uh, have I ever been guilty of doing too many puns, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, no maybe. <laughs> so I can't tag you with a pun, um, mm-hmm. and I do. I just enjoy it. I find it fun, and I, I think the physical stunt work is excellent in it too. Yeah, the the, the, the stunts are quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just a little point as to what you said about the um, the the extra alien thing at the end. Yes, and it only just occurred to me this, but you know that structure is the same structure that they use for most modern superhero movies now. You think of, for, uh, uh, just off the top of my head, I can think of Wonder Woman. What happens at the end of Wonder Woman? Two CG, fought, CGI characters fight each other. Boring. Well, no, she, she fights the human guy who yeah. then turns, who she thinks she's defeated and then comes back as a big CGI character. Yeah, that's true. That's interesting. Yeah, it's exactly the point. same as this movie, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, which is why I don't like the CGI bit and think it can be removed. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the criticism that most people have about these modern superhero films. That once you take out the human element and and it becomes totally CGI, people lose interest. Yeah, like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So for me, this film's a hit. Well, I, it's it's certainly not the worst film we've watched. Oh, good God, no! Good that's that and, is that still Highlander? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's. So join us in our next episode of Retrospection when we'll be celebrating Christmas with the most Christmassy of movies of all time, full of snow, Santa Claus, and celebration of the seasonal year with that... Wait, is it really Rocky Far we're doing? It is, because nothing says Christmas more than uh, two people punching each other, you know, with a, an 80s montage. Hmm, interesting. If you'd like to suggest a film... Our TV show for us to review, then you can email us at retrospection at email.com. You can also find us at Facebook and also at Retrospecky on Twitter. And you can listen to the themes and TV songs of all the films and TV shows we've reviewed on our Spotify playlist. And, you know, feel like sending us an email. You know, it's lonely out here. Very tumbleweeds and everything going around. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye.
Sounds like the hate is I said I didn't hate. <laughs>